back, everybody, to another episode of the Checkerboard Chat. Um, I'm your host, Josh Lane, sports editor here at the Daily Beacon. As always, I'm joined by Ethan and Riley. Uh, it's good to be back here in the Beacon office recording. It's been a minute since we did. We took a little little break over our, our Christmas break. but A little hiatus, if you will. Yeah, like two <laughs> weeks, three weeks, maybe. But that's it's all right. You know, we were, we're on break. That's what it's for. Give us a little break, exactly. <laughs> But we're back here um, to talk about some Tennessee sports. A lot, a lot did happen over the break. Um, you know, football game, the bowl game happened. We got men's and women's basketball that are in full swing there in the SEC play now. So um, we'll we'll dive into all that. But just we got we're a week back into the semester. How are y'all doing this first week? Doing good, living somehow. Uh, classes are getting started. You know, getting double with homework. But hey, you know, sports are sports are lively. Everything's going well on campus. It's good, exciting time here on be on campus. Honestly, so. Yeah, I'll second that. This is my favorite time of year with basketball season getting into full swing. So it doesn't really matter what classes are like, even if they aren't great right now. But I only got one more semester of this, hey. so. So we're almost done. It's carrying you through it in spring. Spring sports are starting very soon, which I'm extremely excited for this upcoming spring. So sports are sports are looking really good on campus. Yeah, sports are kind of thing get me through this because exactly. man, class is tough. Yeah, All right, yeah. you go. You were before Christmas break, and you think I'm just trying to get through the break. Yeah. And then at least for me, I was working the whole break, so I'm like, oh, I just kind of want to get back to class now. <laughs> and now, now a weekend, I'm we, thinking, well, I don't know what I want. Well, I want so do. it's a good thing we have sports here. Um, I guess. Just to start out, we'll start with men's basketball. Uh, they did a lot over the break. I don't know how many games for sure I think count, but I guess that's the first question I want to ask is, what what was your biggest takeaway from the Vols over the break? What what thing did you learn? What stood out to you the most? Um, I guess, Ethan, we can start with you if you want. I think maybe not what I learned, but the biggest thing that happened was, was Euros taking John Fulkerson's place. I can't remember which game it was exactly. It was pretty recent. I believe maybe Vanderbilt that he came in and uh, made immediate impact. And, you know, Barnes obviously had that quote midway through about Fulkerson. It was kind of controversial, but saying, you know, Fulkerson needs to help us out or step aside, essentially, essentially is what he said. And, you know, there was kind of some backlash to it. And, I mean, if you'd believe it, fans are, like, you know, critiquing him how they wish and, you know, calling for his name and stuff like that to be fired, which, you know, I I personally think is insane. But, you know, it happened. It still kind of needs to be addressed when it comes down to it. But now I feel like Tennessee's kind of – leveled out in that aspect. They won three in a row before dropping a tough one to Texas on the road, and that's nothing really to hang your head about. But I, I think I think the most important thing over the break is just how this team has kind of revamped itself, kind of rebranded itself, trying to move forward, find an identity. I think one thing that I've kind of keened in on to, I would say they're pretty close to being a completely different team on the home, home and versus road, honestly. When you look at it, You've got two different teams, you know, Kentucky getting blown out by 30, and then coming home and beating LSU with double digits. Mm-hmm. So it's like the defense 100% travels except for Kentucky, but the offense is just a lot night and day different, you know, when Tops of Longarita compared to at Texas, you saw they put up 51 points, struggled to score any. Uh, LSU couldn't keep up with them. Kentucky had a great offensive performance, but defense didn't play. So I think what's kind of you know, jarring to me is that they're just completely different on the home versus away. Same neutral side, get killed by Villanova. So, I mean, it's just two – and, like, I think you said earlier, somebody said, I looked at the, the, the Beacon report, they're undefeated at home. So, it's just like you can tell they're completely different. 
So that's something to kind of keep a watch on going future when they go to the tournament and uh, future road games. So just see who kind of shows up. Yeah, I guess that kind of stems from their offensive identity of they're just going to shoot threes and open shots. Yeah. And if it falls, it falls. And they do. And for whatever reason, I guess just the atmosphere and the environment, it always, you know, it falls at home way better than it does on the road. And I don't know. I guess that kind of goes back to your point, Ethan, about. John Fulkerson and Uros and Olivier, and, you know, their front court struggling all year. I mean, we talked about Uros coming in, but now these last two games, four points total. So even he's kind of taking a step back and calling out a good game at Texas. But, I mean, they don't, they, if their offensive identity is, let's just, we'll shoot every time we can and hope it falls in. Well, some, sometimes you have bad games, and it's been a lot on the road this season. Yeah, and, you know, you say that kind of jokingly, but, but you're kind of correct. It's It's been take open shots, whereas last year it was take literally – like last year it was take any open shot. This year it's take any open shot as long as it's near the rim or a three. I've noticed that they don't take too many mid-range shots anymore, I've noticed, which I like personally. But when it comes down to it, you would have to have the shooters still to be able to knock down those shots. And right. and when they aren't going in, when Santiago – when Santiago Vescovi only has three points, you're going to lose games. It really doesn't matter who you're playing. And kind of going back to Riley's point earlier, Tennessee's just got five road games left. They've won two true road games this season against Vanderbilt and Colorado. Yeah. Neither of them, you know, fantastic, fantastic games. You got Washington State that just blew out Colorado last yeah. night. And you got Vanderbilt struggling on the road after a promising start, kind of beating Arkansas. But, you know, they were down at the time, so I'm not even sure if you can, you can hold any merit to that but I guess what I'm saying is I really like what Riley said about them being a completely different team on the road because you only got so many more chances to prove that you can change that you can change that narrative because I believe you've got Mississippi State you've got South Carolina coming up pretty soon Arkansas and then you end the year with Georgia you know you should probably win that Georgia game you should probably win a couple others but you know you got South Carolina Mississippi State those are going to be tough ones those are going to be definitely challenges and those are games that Barnes needs to circle and say hey we got to figure this out because every single tournament game we play none of them are going to be at TBA and none of the SEC tournament games are going to be at TBA Mm -hmm. so they got to figure out that quick or you know they're they're going to be another first round exit yeah that's that's a great point I thought about that tournament I mean they beat South Carolina by 20 points a couple weeks ago I mean so you know this is a team they can beat obviously lots changed since it was about a month ago but Uh, one one quick point Uh, watching the Texas game when they first started they just looked complacent I didn't really know what shot to take kind of what to do and that shouldn't happen on the road you want to just attack Texas attack your opponent kind of get into their head like hey like it don't matter if we're you know hours away from our place we're coming here trying to beat you guys I want to see a team who comes out there like doesn't care where they're at and just wants to beat them and just put up open shots. It doesn't matter what shot is open, whatever. I don't care. Just it's just not good that they're a different team. That's just what makes me worry for future reference for tournaments. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on this. Um, just I kind of lost my train of thought there. I'm gonna go out here. You had something going in that. I had something there. going. I was cooking, and yeah. then and then I just and then just I just totally it. lost it. I'm, well, I'm, I'll, I'll give you my takeaway, and you can. Oh wait, nope. I thought okay. of it. I thought right. of it. You I go thought ahead. of it. Go ahead. Got it. We're back. Do you ahead, think? Do you think Tennessee gets just nervous on the road? Do you think it's a nerves thing, or do you think it's like playing in a place they've never played before? Or, or I mean, what do you what do you chop that I down mean, to? Off the top of my head, all of their road, or at least the majority of their road games this year have been some pretty big games, like mm-hmm. 
Villanova and uh, North Carolina, they beat North Carolina. Those, mm-hmm. those are neutral sites, but for all intents and purposes, they're so. playing in New York. That's a road game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama, that, I mean, you know, they won the SEC last year, right? That's a good yes. – and you didn't, you're out Kennedy and John Fulkerson. That's a big game. LSU, obviously Kentucky. Um, Texas was a big game, too, on the road. So, Vanderbilt, I guess, is – that, you know, I mean, that's not their huge one, but that's their win. So I look at that, and their their losses are kind of those big games. So, mm-hmm. I I mean, maybe it is. I don't know if nerves is the right word, but it's definitely something different that they're playing in these big, you know, big games against big opponents and all, and neutral sides or whatever. So it's a big matchup, but they're just they're just struggling. So I guess it's something like that nerves, or maybe they just get tense, or whatever the case may be. I don't know if they're not prepared or they over prepared just overthink it or I think for one thing for me it could be a comfort thing because when you wake up you play a home game you wake up you're in your own bed you get up you had the TBA you get your you get your nutrition you get your food from the people you know you put up your shots in your gym everything there is what you know you get to another arena you travel airplane bus whatever it might be you don't know what to expect when you get there so I don't know if it's a comfort thing nerves I could see having a thing with it. Like Texas, it's Barnes' homecoming. They want to do well for their coach. I get that. It's Kentucky in Lexington. You know, nerves could be a factor, but I think ultimately it could be a comfort thing for these guys. They're not. Some of these guys haven't played in. I mean, it's a veteran team. Like Folky has played in these big games. Vescovy has had some time. Uh, Euros, is, this is his first kind of big playing time, so he's nerves could be a thing for him. I think ultimately it could be a comfort thing, a little bit mixed in with nerves. A lot of factors that we don't really know exactly. We're it's speculating, but I think that definitely has something to do with it. I will say it is easy to critique them sitting here, you know, yeah. in the press box or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> if if that's their biggest issue is comfort, yeah, and not being on the road, well, like you're gonna be on the road. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, exactly. we're playing we're playing basketball. You're, you're right. I, it's just it's just that could be an issue for you know a guy like Chandler, yeah, yeah. or just someone like that who's not really used to going on the road and playing a huge game like Texas. I totally I totally agree, but yeah. like. That's something you're just gonna have to get over. You're right. It's, it's you're right. 100 you know, College basketball, yeah. professional basketball is the next step. They're yeah, be on the road. I, I thought it was interesting what Riley said about you know maybe Kennedy being not the problem, but like you know freshmen coming freshmen, into these yeah. new places like Madison Square Garden, like Rupp Arena, mm-hmm. maybe you know kind of struggling there, but kind of like what he said earlier, every everyone on this team kind of has experience with yeah. it, and the people that you would think are kind of struggling. Kennedy's the only one that really it even talks to because Zakai Ziegler he looks like a like a sixth year senior. Out yeah, there. he does like, not look he, like a freshman. He absolutely doesn't look like a freshman, no. and not necessarily by leading the team scoring stuff like that, but he just he doesn't turn the ball over when it's big. Yeah. He knows what to do when it's big. It's I the remember, way he carries himself too. Yeah, yeah. I remember a couple games ago. I, I I can't remember the exact situation, so I might butcher this. But he was in a fast break, and for some reason it was the right play. Mm-hmm. He held off from yeah. going into the fast. I forgot what it was, so I'm not going to act like I know. But it was just a very smart basketball play that I feel like a lot of college basketball players would not make Thank that you. he made in that mm-hmm. in that instance. Yeah. I mean, and, even even to that point, the last the last play at Texas. You know, and they give the ball straight to Ziegler, and I mean, maybe just because he's the fastest guy on there. But Kenny Chandler's your starting point guard, five-star prospect. But yeah, when it matters most, you know, when you need to set up a play, Zakai's the guy that gets the ball and goes down the court. So yeah, and and even saying too, like there are people, and you know, we're gonna get into that final shot against Texas a little bit in in just a minute. But there are people saying they would have been okay with Zakai taking that shot, just driving to the rim. Me personally, I don't subscribe to that theory, but 
It's not awful. It wouldn't be an awful idea. I'd trust Sakai to go in there because he's just like an electric finisher at the yeah. rim. He's yeah. very good at it. And ultimately, you know, like I said, we'll talk about this in a minute. He could have gotten fouled. I trust him to be able to do that. And at the beginning of the season, I don't think I would have because I don't know anything about him. He's just yeah. this five foot nine guy from the Bronx that no one's ever really heard of. Yeah. They thought he's going to be, you know, he'll have a breakout season his sophomore year, sit on the bench the entire year, probably redshirt. Came in a week and late. That's the opposite of yeah, what Zakai has done. Yeah. He's He's been every bit as impressive yeah. as Kennedy Chandler, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kennedy's going to be the one that gets drafted, obviously. And to be honest, even if Zakai plays four years, he might not get drafted just because of, you know, his physical attributes. It's sad, but it's just yeah. kind of what, what the reality of the NBA is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a knock on him. That's just saying how important he's going to be to the future of Tennessee mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to, we'll get back to what you wanted to go to in a minute, Josh. I did want to say before I lost it, though, Tennessee looked like a completely different team Mm -hmm. against Arizona Mm -hmm. compared to what they looked like against Texas in the first half. And the reason I bring that up is just kind of hammering in that point that we went over a few minutes ago. Like, when they beat Arizona, they looked like a Final Four team. And they beat a fully healthy Arizona in Thompson Bowling Arena. And then they go to Kentucky and just drop an egg. You know, and they're fully healthy, they drop an egg against Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, despite the fact that LSU was missing Xavier Pinson, they ran him out of the gym at TBA. Mm -hmm. And they looked like another Elite Eight Sweet 16 team. And so just, do you guys think that will become like a huge problem, not specifically because they're on the road, but do you think maybe consistency has something to do with the road issues? I, I don't know. There's got to be something because, I mean, like, you a good point. You know, if Arizona's, a, you know, you potentially a Final Four team, and Tennessee goes out there and beats them. Yeah. You know, slows them down the first half, they come out second half and light it up, but still slow them down. And against Kentucky, they drop an egg. I mean, you do that, you're, you're getting bounced. First round, both tournaments, SEC and the NCAA tournament, again for second straight season, with this veteran-loaded, talented roster, and it, questions start to wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said earlier, the whole Barnes thing, that's stupid. I'm sorry, that's not need to be talked about. But, you know, questions start to wonder. You get bounced two straight years like that in the first round last year against the Oregon State team, who was hot. But you still should have lost like that, mm-hmm. though, them last year. And consistency, I think, is a big issue with these guys. It's whether they, you know, I don't know what goes into it. We can speculate all we want to. We're just sitting up here talking on a podcast and sitting in a press box. But, like, you know, you can speculate on what consistency. I just want to see some veteran guys step up and make a change. Like, that's going to be three points on Saturday. Not going to cut it. Polky, maybe he got a wake-up call on the bench. He's played a little bit better, but nothing crazy like he has been. COVID probably could still be a thing for him. You never know. Chandler, you're a five-star freshman. Let's see it a couple yeah. times. You know, Texas, I get that. You know, you do wonder about the whole Zakai thing. Does Barnes start to trust Zakai a little bit more in that big game situation? That can speak a lot to me. Obviously, that's what that means, that's what that means to me. It's you very it fair. In, you throw in the Kamwak, throw, throw it right back to Zakai to make the play. That, to me, speaks volumes to how much he's trusting Zakai in that big situation over a five-star freshman. Mm-hmm. So I look for that in the future, but I just need to see some guys step up and make some plays. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of leads into my next the, the takeaway I want to talk mm-hmm. about, about consistency, and that's Santiago Vescovi. Yeah. And over, over the break, over the past nine, ten games or so, he was about the balls. Well, he was their leading scorer. Basically their only scorer over that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really – him in double figures, and that's about it. I mean, obviously, some people had other games and such, but he 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 was getting pressure. Defenses were playing him tough, but uh, it was pretty telling. The other, I guess, it was after the LSU win. I don't know. He had 20, 20 plus points or twenty three. I think tied his 
career high. And he's like, I like playing physical. I like yeah. it when they guard me. And he was doing just fine with that. And then, you know, as we saw at Texas, they got to him. Now Texas has a really good defense, so maybe it's just that. But if, if he's your only scorer, and we've talked about front court issues mm-hmm. and everything else, and everybody else being inconsistent, yeah. they need more than just Santiago Viscogan. He's proven himself this year. He's, you know, um, Texas had some pretty high praise for him after the game. Chris Beard did. Um, but you need more than just one one sharp shooter, really, I think, when it goes back to consistency at the end of the day. Yeah, I'll bring up Kentucky again. Kentucky has Severe Wheeler. Kentucky has Ty Ty Washington. They have Kellen Grady, who I'm not sure has ever missed a corner three in his life. <laughs> Tennessee has... As Santiago Viscovi, they have Justin Powell, who's good for maybe three points a game, even yeah. though he's a 40% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. You've got Olivier Kamwa, who, you know, people will scoff at me, but he's shooting 45% from three, and he's not taking open shots. Yeah, missed and, and Rick Barnes even said it after the game against Texas. He said, I mean, Kamwa's got to just take the shots. Mm-hmm. And he even said to Viscovi, you know, getting back, kind of circling back to him, he took out Viscovi for certain things because he just wasn't taking shots. Yeah. And, you know, people can blame Barnes as much as they want to. They can say what they want about Barnes, and I think that's fair. And, you know, that's not what I'm going to talk about. What I am going to talk about is the fact that sometimes if his players aren't doing what he wants them to do, you know, his hands are kind of tied there. Mm-hmm. He's not the one out there playing the game. He's yeah. the he's the one trying to get other people to play the game at a high mm-hmm. level. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be a problem with Vescovi. He'll be fine. He just just had kind of a dud of a game when it comes down to it, but that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that he hasn't shown me anything that means he's going to fall off a cliff. But, you know, that does mean that Barnes needs to kind of be looking for him to have some big games in the future just to step up from it because he knows that he has the talent for it. He knows that he's shooting 40% from three on the season, 39% wherever he's sitting at right now. But, but yeah, he's, he's... all, all accounts, an excellent three-point shooter, and, and I don't see any reason that'll change in the future. Yeah, I totally agree there. So let's kind of deep – we've already hit on Texas, but let's take a deeper dive into that. Um, same old story with the Vols. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk, we've talked, we seen all year. Defense, just as good as always. Obviously, Texas had a good defense, but the Vols' offense, inconsistency. You know, they'll go through their minute-long scoring droughts. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll miss, you know – nine straight field goals or whatever it is. They weren't great from the free throw line at all. They had a, a nice nice game. Um, I guess it was LSU or whoever they played right before. Florida. Florida, they made 17 straight free throws. And now, um, you know, that that hurt them then because you lose by one point. So a lot of, a lot of the same, same problems that we've seen from Tennessee. But at the end, out of, almost out of nowhere, yeah. 16 straight points, they tied the game. After a terrible start, I, lo- I love this stat. Two field goals in the first 13 minutes, 23 seconds of the second half. Then they scored 16 straight points yep. out of nowhere, come back and tie it. And obviously Texas wins right at the end on that on that free throw. But I guess just what are your raw thoughts on the game as we look into that? I think what happened is Tennessee started taking what was given to them and not kind of fumbling the bag, and, you know. You know, dropping the handoff, um, fumbling the handoff, whatever you want to say there. Um, and what I mean by that is Josiah Jordan-James really was kind of what started it. Um, people are going to talk about Zakai Ziegler. He was the one that kind of carried the torch. Josiah, I believe, I, I think I'm remembering this right, he hit two threes back-to-back. Mm-hmm. They were wide-open threes. Yeah. 
And, you know, earlier in the half, I can't pinpoint a specific instance, but there were players missing wide open threes. There was Olivier Kamwa, like I said just a few minutes ago, not even taking threes. Yeah, and, and Scobie, I don't think he hit a three. He didn't. He went 0 for 5. Yeah, and, sure. and so you've got these players not shooting well. You've got these players not taking what's given to them. Not to mention, you know, Euros missed four front ends of the bonus, <laughs> and there's eight points right there. You know, that's eight potential points that you're missing out on, and he had zero of eight potential points. Olivia Conwa, he missed the he missed the front end of a mm-hmm. of a one and one. Olivia Conwa also fouled the guy at midcourt, which is the second time it's happened this season in the past yeah. like four games or something. Yeah. And so, just the little tiny things like that, they add up. It's it's like mm-hmm. little white lies. They add up over time, and they're they're gonna mess with you. You're yeah. not gonna be able to win games going eight of sixteen from the free throw line. You're not gonna be able to win games, fouling people like just ridiculous fouls at midcourt that isn't gonna do anything. You're not gonna win games missing wide open threes. Mm-hmm. So when Josiah starts hitting those threes. When Zakai starts, you know, driving to the basket and saying, hey, I can run past all of you because I'm just faster than you. And when they realize that, they're a really good team. And that's the thing that's so frustrating. That's the thing that was so shocking about that is Tennessee hasn't shown that they've been able to do that all season. And it's like it just clicked. I don't know know what Barnes said to him. I'm not going to claim to know what Barnes said to him, but whatever he did, it worked. It worked, yeah. And I don't know. We saw what almost happened. And if – there's really nothing more I think Tennessee could have done at the end. I'll get your guys' thoughts on that, yeah. what you guys think. I don't think they could have done anything more. They missed those shots at the end, but mm-hmm. they had they had to hit 16 of them, you yeah. know, to get to that point. Anyway, yeah. what failed them was not Josiah missing that shot, not Josiah not kicking it out to Viscovi, not Z- Ziegler not, you know, just... I like that last just play. Going yeah, I do too, but it wasn't that last play that messed it up. It was Euros missing the front end of a, of a bonus. It was Olivier missing the front end yeah. of a bonus. It was missing wide-open shots, kind yeah, of what I've said already. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like you said, it's they need to stop just shooting themselves in the foot. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, they you can't blame them missing the last shot as to why they lost the game. They could have won the game so many different ones. Like you said, Euros two for six on free throws... That's not – I mean, they went 8 of 16 from the free throw line. If you hit two more of those, you win the ball game. Mm-hmm. If you make one more three, they went 5 of 18, uh, and Ziegler and Josiah made both, and all five of those. Mm-hmm. If Escobie just hits one of those threes, kind of like it is a Texas Tech game, you make one more three, you win the ball game. So, it's about time they just stopped. And they, they woke up just so – I don't know, like you said, what clicked in their head, what Barnes did or whoever did – they just woke up. It was a little too late. Obviously, you tied up 16 to what? Zero, 16 to one run, something crazy. 16 to one. 16 to one. So, like, I just think it took them that long to, like you said, either take what the defense was giving them or what took them that long to finally realize, hey, maybe we should go win this ball game. <laughs> Score 16. I, mean, I, I don't know what happened, but it was it was great to see. Like, why can't you do that for the first, you know, 30 minutes of the ball game? You know, 35 so minutes. It's super simple. We 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 can say I want to super simple, but like in reality though, like why can't you do that the whole game? And so I just think it's about time they just wake up a little bit, stop shooting themselves in the foot, and just start playing the game of basketball. They know how to play. They just need to wake up a little bit and just go do their thing. I don't know why basketball players just miss shots. <laughs> why do All they right. just numb up? Just put the ball through the. the <laughs> no, I, I miss shot, but miss free. That that's what gets me is missing the easy. So free yeah. throws, I'm sorry. You're, you're seven feet tall. You literally just have to throw it. reach out and drop it over. I give it back, honestly. I'm we're, sorry. We're laughing about it, but when it comes down to it, like, like it's kind of true. And not necessarily saying, like, you should be doing this, but if you want to win basketball games, you know, you can't, you can't 
not that any of them were whining and complaining about it, but no. you can't really say anything about it when you're missing free throws. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The fr- easy yeah. ones. Col- they're college like. basketball players at the end of the day, and they're getting scholarships and full rides and everything, and now there's NIL. So they're you know they're getting a lot of benefits out of this, and obviously it's so easy to sit here and say all this stuff, but like it's free throws. It's all the it's all the fundamentals. It's all the fundamentals. You, you, yeah. No one's asking tennis the balls to go out and make a crazy shot every other play or whatever. It's just just clean up the stuff that you know you can do right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just making free throws. It's not making turnovers or mm-hmm. you know missing shots or stupid fouls or whatever the case would be. Play fundamental basketball. You're a good team. You got a good defense. Mm-hmm. You know when shots fall, you win games as long as you don't hurt yourself. I mean, Tennessee only had 11 turnovers. That's yeah. not bad at all. They mm-hmm. just couldn't hit shots. Simple yeah. as that. They out rebounded Texas. They had seven fewer turnovers. I think was the number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas had 18, 18. turnovers. I think yeah. yeah, and offensive rebounds. Tennessee had 11 more than Texas. <laughs> so like, you look they, at all the numbers. This. This was a game Tennessee. They honestly won, won every category, just minus the final score. It's yeah. it's just the little exactly. tiny things. Tiny it's things, it's yeah. just stuff that adds up, and you know, we could go on and on about that because yeah. that's just how Tennessee has really been this season. Yeah. And kind of going back to that inconsistency type of thing that we were talking about earlier, that's just kind of what Tennessee basketball has been since Grant and Grant and Admiral left. And yeah, you know. You can say that's a bad thing if you want to. I think that's just what Tennessee is. Yeah. And, you know, that's got to change if they're going to win games. It's it simple does. as that. If they want to win games, that's got to change. But for right now, that's just kind of the cards that are dealt. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of what Tennessee fans have to take. And if they want to criticize Barnes for it, they can do that. You know, they're within their rights. But, but you know, that that is, it is what it is. At the I end guess. of the day, Barnes can only do so much. If his players aren't hitting shots, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing all that he can. He's getting, I mean, he's getting like you said, He's getting them the right shots. They're wide, they're open. They're just not either taking them or hitting them. So he can only do so much. At the end of the day, he's he's doing the right thing personally, if you ask me. It's just if the players can they make the plays, and they haven't. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. Right. So I, I know Josh is itching to get there. Do you think Josiah? Do you think his shot at the end? Do you think that was a good idea? Do you think the play was well well drawn up? But just what do you think about I that? I think that was one of the best play Barnes ever drip written up here. I'm I'm being dead serious. Out of all the plays he's done in the final, you know, seconds, minutes of whatever he's done in his career here at Tennessee, I personally think that was one of, if not the best play he's ever written up. I'm like serious. Like I love getting the call off, pass back to Ziegler. He drives. They commit. Josiah's wide open. He's I'm I'm fine with that shot. Of course, you're like you know you don't need a three. Well, Josiah's hit three of them. He's been open all game. He's been hitting them. Their best shooter. He's their game. best shooter that game, so why not give it to him again? He's been hitting them. So I'm completely fine with the shots. Obviously, like you said, Ziegler could have kept it. Vescovy was open for one more kick, but he was 0 for 5. Why should Josiah? If I was Josiah, I'd take that shot too. Yeah. I've been hitting him all game. I don't blame that shot. I thought it was a great shot. It was open. He just missed it. Simple yeah. as that. Riley said exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was just about a perfect draw. I yeah. mean... Josiah taking that shot, in my opinion, I think he was the right guy because yeah, he I has the too. hot hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people that don't watch Tennessee basketball that say he's shooting 29% on the year. Well, sure, but he shot, like, 13% in his first, like, 10 games. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's shooting, like, 40%. He's, he's hit them now. So, yeah. so, like, if you look at the numbers, Josiah's been an excellent three-point shooter mm-hmm. the past you know, five games, yeah. which is all that matters right yeah, now. Right exactly. this instant, that's all that matters. Yeah. That he's shooting well then, and... You know, I saw against Texas Tech, 
he hit a big shot to tie the game against Texas Tech. That's right. Yeah, and in, in the final in the final two minute in the final minute, I yeah, believe it was. It he was. hit that big shot, tied it at forty four and game went into overtime, put Tennessee in a position to win, and that was a way harder shot than it was against <laughs> yeah. Texas. He had a dude right in his grill. Yeah. And that one he's wide open. Wide he open. just missed the shot. Yeah. I mean the best the best three point shooter only makes it half the time. So mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna miss shots. Bad. You're gonna miss shots, yeah. and and no one should be. I mean, for lack of a better word, clowning on Josiah James for that no. because you know when it comes down to it, like you know, he's a good three point shooter right now. It's Very like strong. his his post game press conference when you know reporters asking him about the shot. He was like apologizing. He said he apologized to all his teammates. Dude, like, he he like I, I I get you feel bad, but. I mean, that wasn't why he lost. Yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, you can't take all the blame and all of all his teammates. Good yeah. for the balls. They they stuck up for him. He's their yeah. guy. They all had faith in him to make that shot, and they've all they've all said that all year. So I I do, I do think that's genuine that they really do trust anybody to make any shot. But like some people, and if you just look at the last play, they're just hating on James from and for just for missing the shot. And if that's if that's all you're looking at, just missing the shot, you know, you're gonna be unhappy about a lot of things. But don't don't give James hate. I mean that was a great play. Zakir, he reminded me of a, like a running back who gets a hole. Yeah, he just went straight up <laughs> straight the court, up past yeah. James, and he takes a good shot. So I don't know. Like you said, you you just you miss some. It was and that's great. All it is. It was great execution of the play until the missed shot. And when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, Tennessee wouldn't have been in that position without Josiah James anyway, because he yeah. hits the two threes that kind of sparked the run in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And I I can't remember. Did he finish the leading or second leading scorer? I think he was behind. I think he was behind Zakai. Yeah. He had eleven at least. I'm pretty Zikai sure. Zakai had twelve. Okay, yeah, so. I, th- I think James had eleven, something yeah. like that. But yeah. it doesn't really matter. When it comes down to it, Josiah was the reason Tennessee was in that position in the yeah. first place. Mm-hmm. So why not give it to him to win the daggum thing? Yeah. Just miss the shot. It's that's there's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's that's just basketball. You're not going to make everything. If you made everything, you'd be he'd be in the NBA already. Exactly. So, so I mean, I guess what you take away from that is. You know, Tennessee will probably make that shot in the future because yeah. when it comes down to it, Barnes ran a great play, and if you do that again, I'm pretty positive that Josiah would make that shot mm-hmm. because you're not going to miss that twice. I feel like, and you know that's something else too. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to football and take a football little t- tiny detour for football here. Joe Burrow back against UCF. You know that play that he gets shoved down by the Central Florida yes. guy, and he like kind of gives him the business after mm-hmm. that and you yeah. know there's that picture of Burrow like on the ground looking like a helpless like dog or yes. something like that yes. and then what has he done since then he's been drafted mm-hmm. he's won a national championship he's taken the Bengals of all teams to the AFC championship game and in my opinion he's going to win a Super Bowl that's not what we're talking about sure. here but it's relevant, relevant yeah. to to you know what what Tennessee's going through right now when it when it comes down to it you got a guy like Josiah Jordan James he needs to kind of be that right now. You know, he needs yeah. to be like, hey, I'm mad right now. I'm not missing any more of those shots. Yeah. I need to be like Admiral Schofield was. I'm not missing any more of those game-winning yeah, shots. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see yeah. if he can do that in the tournament. We'll see if he can do that moving forward yeah. for the Vols. So that, that kind of plays into the next thing I was going to talk about. As we wrap up our men's section, they play Texas A&M Tuesday night. We're recording this on Monday morning. So I don't want to go, get a super in-depth preview of Texas A&M. We maybe touch on it a little bit, but... Where do the balls go from here? I mean, they're at home, so I think that makes them the favorites regardless of who they're playing. Yeah, they went by 20, right, because they're at home. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe they don't have to do anything, but, like, <laughs> shot, I show know, up, shots are, yeah, get show on the up. bus, right? And, and yeah, then, like, right? <laughs> I mean, so shots are probably going to fall. Defense is probably going to be good. Vescovi will probably be back to 15 points or so, but, mm-hmm. like, 
we can keep talking all about their home success, but I mean, is there anything they could do to carry that over? I mean, I guess if we knew, yeah. we'd probably be helping Barnes, but like, <laughs> I don't know. And Let, let's just, uh, for one thing, let's just see the team that finished Texas. Let's just carry that momentum right. into Texas A&M. Uh, just simple as that. We just need to see that team the rest of the season. Like, if that team comes out there to play for 40 minutes every night, I don't know if they they they're, they could go against anybody in the country. Like you said, the Arizona Final Four team. So I mean, like you, they they have proven they can do it. But then other times they look like a team is going to get bounced in the first round. So let's just see the consistency that we've talked about numerous times. Let's bring that energy that you brought the final three minutes or so against Texas to come back down 16. Let's just see that team against A&M, and we'll feel fine again. Like you said, they're at home, the comfort of being in your own gym, fans, kids, students are back now, rowdier than ever. So it's like, it's comfort, consistency. Let's just see that Tuesday night. I think just about the only team that has a chance against Tennessee at home this season is Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and that's just because I'm, I'm high on Kentucky right Definitely. now. I think they're really good. I've brought them up a couple times. Tennessee plays Auburn at home this year, right? Yes, I think so. 20, 22nd? 26th. 26th. That's probably too far ahead. So Yeah, we'll it's a little too far ahead. You just I have no idea what Tennessee's going to do within that time span, though. It'll probably be like a completely different team. Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, getting away from Kentucky, Texas A&M, Barnes has said this season that anybody anybody in the SEC can be anybody in the SEC, yeah, except yeah. for maybe Georgia. <laughs> and that's sad, but, you know, Georgia's just not great this year. Everyone else in the SEC, they can be anyone in the SEC. I really believe that. And A&M, they fought with Kentucky a little bit ago. They, you know, yeah. I, think, I think they're on a bit of a losing streak right now, if I'm not mistaken. They've lost, like, four in a row, I think it is. They've lost Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina. But they have a win against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They have a good win against Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're a top 75 team in the country yeah. when it comes down to it. They're playing in one of the toughest leagues in the nation. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to get too much into Texas A&M because when it comes down to it, this pod might not be out before the sure. Texas A&M game. But sure. I'll just say I expect a win because Tennessee's playing at home. But I don't think it'll be easy in the same regard. I think it'll be a 10-point game. I think A&M will give them some problems. But... When it comes down to it, Tennessee hasn't shown me anything that says they're going to lose this yeah. game. Yeah. Well, as always, there will be full coverage of that at yeah, utdailybeacon.com. Yep. So Get let's let's transition to women's basketball. Um, also, they you know they were really having a good break. One is high, ranked Very as high good. as number four. Mm-hmm. I mean, after their best start since two thousand seven and eight, uh, which last time they won a national championship. Yeah. So, Riley, I will ask you, our women's beat reporter. Same question that we started with. What did you learn about the Lady Vols or the break, your biggest takeaway, whatever stood out to you? To me, what's – they're just really good. Like, they're just, they're just, they're, <laughs> Sometimes it's just simple. I mean, it's just, just simple as that. They're just fun to watch. Yeah. They just, you know, you know, occasionally you would go from the men's basketball team who would struggle and give you fits. That's hard you, to watch. And then you go to this women's team yeah. and you're like, man, this is refreshing. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, it's just simple as that. Obviously, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go into the Auburn game. But before that game – the ex, like obviously coming into this season, the ex, like they had decent expectations. I think they were projected to finish second in the SEC. Obviously, lofty expectations, but nothing as crazy as top four in the country. Mm-hmm. Before the Auburn game, they were projected as a one seed. I think now they're back to a two seed. I think back on after they lost to Auburn, but like still, you know, top eight team in the country, top six, probably still top five, whatever it might be. So I think just what you learned is that, like I said, they're very good. They're very. Now, obviously, with Kean being out, they were, before her injury, very deep. They can lean on, you know, Jordan Horston. She's a straight hooper. Like, let's just be honest. Tamara Key is leading the country in blocks. 
So they have what they what I love about them. They can just turn to anybody any given night, and they can even win. Like Jordan Horson can drop twenty and win. Tamara King a double double, and they can easily win. Jordan Walker, she shows up, and Ray Burrell is getting back to her groove again. So I just love to watch them. Just a co- they're just a cohesive unit. Just plays well together, and just go out there and just get wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I like that point you brought up about depth because. I guess I didn't, I didn't get to watch the, all the Auburn game, but yeah. I guess that was kind of their biggest issue because yeah. foul trouble again. I guess yeah. you know that's maybe their yeah. one problem that's lingered with them all year. Mm-hmm. Tamara Keys in foul trouble and yeah. with Key and Green being out, the post depth is just not there. Not there yeah. I mean, and you look at Jordan Horse and Jordan Walker both in double figures. I think yeah. one of them had twenty points. So yeah, 20. a lot, a lot going well for them. But yeah. it's just Auburn comes in winless in the SEC and. Host Tennessee and pulls off the upset. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, now, granted, Auburn their record is not as good as it shows. They beat a top fifteen Georgia Tech team earlier this season, so they have a good squad. They just haven't gotten to win the SEC yet. Of course, it had to be against you know top four Tennessee. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But like you said, the depth was a real. Obviously, has not been an issue until Auburn. Like you said, with Ken Green, she is a huge, a huge loss for, for them. She basically held down the bench unit. I mean, she. Came in there and she would fill the hole left off to Marky Grant. She's not six six, but she still had the same kind of inside presence as to Marky. She was a better leader. She's a six year, same as John Fulkerson. So she sadly will be done after this season. Um, but after to Marky, I don't know where they go. Like Emily Saunders, I think maybe play ten minutes, but she didn't really do anything. I mean, it's just a struggle to me because like once the Marquee comes out there, you don't have that same inside presence anymore. Yeah, is Brooklyn Miles a uh... Center four, close to no. She's point guard. Okay, point she's guard. point guard, but she's like five, five, six. So who's there? So yeah, you've got. I'm, so, look, I'm looking at. I'm trying to look at their. So after after Tamara Key, well. it's Emily Saunders and Caroline Stripling. Stripling. Okay. She, she didn't. She, she didn't, didn't play. She she's a freshman. She's yeah. and she's got potential, but she didn't even go on the floor against Auburn. And I know at times against uh, Auburn, I think uh, Coach Harper was like super small. She went either Alexis Dye or um, mm-hmm. Sarah Puck at the five. You can do that. But it's not the same as Tamara Key down there because teams don't feel as threatened going inside the paint anymore without Tamara Key out of there. So it's just like, I don't know what she's going to do in the future. You can figure out tonight against Arkansas. But that was a big issue, Tamara Key in foul trouble. And then Emily Saunders and Caroline Stripling, you know, I they can definitely fill the void. I just, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Yeah, yeah Keen Green was just so good at, off the bench. I just don't know if they can fill that yeah. void left. I mean, I'm looking at the the final line here. Millie Saunders played eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Yeah. Oh for one on field goals. No rebounds. No blocks. No, no points. Yeah. See that, that that's that's crazy. She's six five and get a rebound. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. What, I don't know what they got to do. That that to me was the biggest issue from that game was the depth. And I mean, also looking at it, they have had their share of you know fourth quarter comebacks. Yes. This season they've pulled off I don't know nine or two. It's, it's a, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean. Were they just eventually going to lose one? At some think? point, you're, like you're playing with fire, right? And, you know, I've called the comeback queens all season, and that just didn't happen um, against Auburn. One thing that kind of stuck out to me: they they have they are a very turnover prone ball team, and that kind of came back to bit them. They had 22 against Auburn on Thursday. Now they've had 20 plus turnovers and won a couple of games, but I think it finally came back to bottom because Auburn they were hitting shots. 
They, I forget their their one player who had a lot of points. She was really, I forget, I can't, I forget her name. Oh, I can't say that. I was about to. Say yeah, that. I, I, I can see her she's number five. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to butcher your name either. It's a very complicated Cole, name. I'm yeah, we're, I don't, I don't sorry, even want to try. try. Twenty six points. If she had twenty six, ten for fourteen on the field goal. You had a great game. Yeah, she, I'm, I'm sorry. We're, yeah. <laughs> southern, southern people, we can't say that. Like she had twenty six. At the end of the day, like you said, it was going to come back to bottom at some day. You you can't play every game perfect, so I mean, can you even try and get it, Ethan? Is it? I think it's Colbley, Quibley. Yeah, I, like exactly. So she had twenty six points. You and know who we're talking about. <laughs> she she was unstoppable. Um, so it was bound to happen at some point. I you know you can't play every game perfect. Now I will say I I do expect them to come back and play really well against Auburn. One of the quotes that I think we talked or we're going to talk about that Jordan Horson saying. I'd hate for you to to be the next thing that plays yeah, us. Oh, she might to be she's about to be a demon tonight. Honestly, <laughs> she might drop thirty. Um, so it's just one game. They're fine. It's basketball. Long season. That game. That Auburn game is not going to define you anymore. They may not. They may not. They may not play the rest of the season. So their goals are still in front of them. They're still tied top of the SEC against South Carolina. They're fine. I, they can definitely they bounce back. They got South Carolina coming up. Right? Yeah, and UConn is and the UConn is this Sunday. Yeah, so a couple big games. Even they've UConn's fallen, but still big games. Still huge, up. huge games. They got they got huge games coming up. But other than that, I think you know Auburn game. It is what it is. But I think they'll be fine. I think Ethan's looking up how to pronounce, how to pronounce the, name, the name, just so we do her justice. But I do want to talk about that quote. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is definitely not going to be out before Tennessee plays Arkansas Monday yeah. night. We're recording this Monday morning. Yeah, I, I love that quote because last year Jordan Horston had the personality. She yes. was the one waving the the the, 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 the caution, caution sign, sign in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Just hilarious. And she says, "I feel bad for whoever plays this next." Yeah. I mean, you think a, a team as good as Tennessee, they're going to come back with vengeance against Arkansas? Yeah. They're at home again in front of their fans. Yes. They're kind of like. Kind of like the Vols and yep. playing in front of home. Yep. So, you expect a big game tonight? I do. Now, granted, Arkansas, they're, they're coming in pretty hot. They've won three straight, won four of the last five. They just beat LSU by 14. LSU was uh, ranked 12th in the country. They were leading by one point by 24. So, they got they have four players having double figures. So, Arkansas is a very good team. And Tennessee struggled to beat them. Granted, it wasn't Fayetteville. Um, they had to come back and beat them again. So, they won by seven. Um, so this Arkansas team is gonna—it's gonna be a tough test. It's not gonna be any walkover, but it's not gonna be a cakewalk. Obviously, I thought Auburn would be a cakewalk. I was wrong because I mean they were zero and seven in the SEC at the time. So, like you know, Coach Harper said, everybody said you know no game in the SEC is a win any given any given night to come out and beat you. Um, so, but I, I do expect Tennessee to come out strong. Of course, Horson said I would hate for the next team to play us. So I do expect them to come out playing well. Horson to play well. Jordan Walker, um, she played really good against Auburn. She's been kind of inconsistent all season, so I'd like for her to see keep that consistency. Uh, Ray Burrell is still kind of getting her groove back. She has her last two games. Georgia, she played really well. Auburn, she kind of stepped back just a little bit, but I can see her playing well tomorrow. Key, just out of foul trouble. Do what you've been doing, getting a couple blocks a game. Just hold down down low. But I do need to see some more bench, better bench play. Um, Sarah Puckett did fine, but like Emily Saunders, Caroline Stripling, those girls. Need to see him step up a little bit because tomorrow Key can't play, you know, forty minutes of a game. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what happens tonight, uh, what Coach Harper does. So. I, have, I have an update on the name. It's Aisha Cooley Belly. Cooley Belly. Thank you. Not, why have we not come up with that? That's not the 
It's French. French. Okay. There we French. go. Okay. Yeah. Well, she. I, I'm glad that we figured it out because she deserves second yeah. lottery because she had 26 points and she's one of the reasons why. You I know you. I know you're listening. You had a great game. Yeah, yeah you had a fantastic game. <laughs> Obviously, she tuned in to us. I'll just join in on the discourse kind of a little bit. You know, the Auburn loss. People are gonna say, you know, oh no, Tennessee's kind of lost it without no. Keen Green. You know, when it comes down to it, I, I looked this up specifically while you guys were talking. Villanova in 2018, men's team, lost to a 16 and 17 St. John's team, yeah. won the whole thing. It happens. You know, it, just little stuff like that ha- happens. The yeah. Bengals, we'll go back to the Bengals. They're maybe about to win the Super Bowl. They lost to the Bears That's of right. all teams. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess what I'm saying, I don't want to get too deep into other sports, but, you know, the Lady Vols have shown all season that they can beat really good competition, yes, yeah. and yes. losing one game to an SEC opponent that's beat a top t- 15 team like Georgia Tech mm-hmm. earlier in the season, I don't think that's going to mean much no, moving forward. Think. Now, if they keep losing these games without Keen Green, maybe you know there's something, something there's something in there, but when it comes down to it right now, there's no reason to panic. I think Thursday was just, it was going to be a rough night because first game losing Keen on the road, it, it was it was bound to happen at some point. It, you know, you, every game can be perfect. We found that out with UT men's and now you, the women's team. It, it just happens. You have an off night. It's basketball. Just regroup, come back together, and play well tonight. That's all it takes. Yeah. So, so as always, full coverage at utdailybeacon.com for yep. that. On our way out, I don't want it to take too long, but as as, as we've mentioned, uh, playoffs are wrapping up. Bengals uh, beat the Chiefs. Rams beat the 49ers. So that means that as far as balls in the NFL yep. goes, their seasons are over. Sadly, Trey yep. Smith uh, on the Chiefs no longer, you know, playing. Um, Jawan Jennings and Emmanuel Mosley, yep. I believe, they're the only two yep. on the Forty ers They're yep. up two, so just I don't know. Kind of recap uh, briefly the the balls seasons in the NFL. There's been some good performances, oh, yeah. a couple standouts and breakouts, so to speak. So. I guess you've been writing balls in yeah, the NFL totally. all year. Do you want yeah, sure. to take this I've, first? I've enjoyed doing that kind of story all year for you guys. I've, you know, one of the great things that I've seen this year is Cordell Patterson mm-hmm. kind of re, you know, revived his career a little bit. Obviously, good start with the with the with the Vikings, kind of you know utility player. But then ever since then, he's gone to the place from Chicago, New England, Oakland. He's had a lot of places, but I, hopefully now he's found a home in Atlanta. They finally figured out how to use him, receiving and rushing. Career year uh, just kind of went off unexpected, obviously, but he was definitely the, I would say, the MVP of all the VFLs in the pro this year because Kamara, he didn't have a down year. He was just hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So not the same numbers, um, but kind of coming off of him, people who performed at a high level, Juwan Jennings came out of nowhere. Like last year, he was seventh-round pick, but he was practice squad all season. He didn't even, I don't think he, he may have seen the floor, uh, field a couple of times, nothing too crazy. This year, he's emerged kind of as their, you know, three, bridge, two receiver. Big on third down. Oh, yeah. huge. I mean, most of his, like yesterday, he had another big third down catch. Most of his plays this season have come third down, touchdowns, late game scores. So, he's about to be really freaking good. I'll jump in and let you keep going. Kyle Shanahan actually said, we can't keep this Juwan Jennings guy off the field. Yeah. I, I remember, I can't remember when it was. It was during the late season. I think but it was after were, the Rams game. Yeah. He had two touchdowns. Yeah, but they were like, we can't keep this guy yeah. off the field. We have to keep throwing it to him. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think it was reporters that were like, you know, what do you think about Juwan Jennings? And that's what he said. He was yeah. like, I, I cannot think of a single reason for him to be on the bench right now. And yeah. coming from Kyle Shanahan, one of the better coaches in the NFL at the moment, yes. that's pretty impressive. Pretty and, impressive. And, you know, just going off it a lot, you keep going. Yeah. But 
Tennessee fans saw this coming. There's not a single <laughs> no Tennessee. Surprise. There's no there's surprise. not a single Tennessee fan no. that didn't see him doing this. Everyone said when he was drafted in the seventh round, that's crazy talk. Yeah. Wherever he goes, he's going to be good. And probably like you're going to talk about in a second, Trey Smith was exactly oh, the same gosh. way. When the Bears passed on Trey Smith, I died a little bit because I wanted Trey Smith on my team because he's just that good and he's yeah. been that good for the Chiefs. Yeah. And one quick thing about Jawan, real quick. I saw somebody tweet this a little bit ago, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. I was like, so Jawan Jennings is what 49ers fans, fans thought Jalen Hurd would be. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they drafted Jalen Hurd as kind of, you know, a benchmark, kind of late-round pick, upcoming receiver, because he, he switched positions going to Baylor. Jawan Jennings is now their guy. Uh, we all, you know, UT fans and people knew the dog that he was, and so now he's finally showing it off. Like you said, Trey Smith – Steal the draft. Let's just be honest. Six-round pick, starting every single game for the Chiefs. And you saw yesterday there was one player Mahomes run out that way. Trey Smith laid out, I don't think it was Hendricks. It might have been Sam Hubbard. He laid him out twice during that play <laughs> and let cool. Mahomes just have all the room. He could do Mahomes magic. Yeah. So Trey Smith to me has been – he's the BFL rookie of the year, personally, okay. if you want to ask me the truth. Um now, Josh Palmer has, you know, a, an argument there. He played really well. OT game against the Raiders, scored a huge touchdown. Um, so, a lot of play. I guess so, so Juwan, uh, Trey Smith, that's been all offense. Defensively, oh, uh, it's been um, Darrell Taylor for me defensively. Yeah. Yeah. He led this, Oh, scary, yeah. obviously, injury against the Steelers. Um, but he led the Seahawks in sacks this year. Um, emergence as well. Last year, I don't think he played all year. He was hurt the rest of the season. So another guy emerged out of nowhere, kind of Juwan Jennings, that same draft class. Um, so he was definitely the star of the defense. Um, Emmanuel Mosley had a great year for the 49ers. Super year, came out of nowhere for the uh, 49ers secondary. So a lot of guys played really well this season. It was it was great to be able to just kind of keep track of them all yeah. season. And obviously they're going to have probably some more NFL talent. Coming up soon oh, big between. Time. Big I think, time. I think I've seen Matthew game. Butler's yeah. impressing the early. East-West Ryan game. Uh, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen right now. So far, Matthew Butler's kind of impressing. Kate Mays, a lot of things. There's guys that'll be decent in NFL They'll talent. There'll be new so features like, in the balls and the pros in the future. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Reed, uh, we'll have one more this year. One more this year. Yeah. If y'all want, I can do a special little, like I just said, little MVP talk. Yeah, I can do a little something crazy. All right, I'll do one more. this point, we have I will say, as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, T. Higgins uh, yes. with the Bengals. That's yeah. not technically a ball, but it's just a good story. It's from the area. Oak Ridge. It's we committed to the balls. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty cool. He uh I um I had a chance to watch him in high school and you know, I, I had no idea that he would be as good as he is now. But I mean he's you could you could shock T. Higgins and he's not a ball, so I'm not gonna go too into it, but you can shock T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow as turning the Bengals around. Yeah. It's pretty That's much those pretty three crazy. dudes. It's I mean, it's really Joe yeah. Burrow and Jamar Chase, but they don't do that without yeah. T. Higgins either. You just know, a, like you can't write the story of the yeah. Bengals right now without T. Higgins. It's just another <laughs> so. guy that Tennessee let get away that is now playing really well. So let's add that to the list. Who would have thought? Yep. Yep. Well, um as soon as we wrap up, the last thing I want to mention is um we will have a spring sports issue. Oh, it's not really a preview because it's coming out in mid-February, February 16th. But just an issue talking about it will be kind of previewing the baseball and softball teams. Those are both um, ranked preseason, I believe. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of tennis coverage. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams are ranked men's tennis, number one in the nation. They just qualified for the ITA Indoor Nationals. So they're, they're skyrocketing right now. Women's tennis is doing pretty well, too. Um, so a lot of a lot of sports going on. Just be at the lookout for utdailybeacon.com. We'll have our paper coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, this was good to be back. Yeah. Hope we can uh, get it on a more regular basis going forward. 
always good to talk sports, but that's going to do it. Thanks for listening.